Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about appearances. And I went back and forth about how to describe this episode. Is it appearances? Is it illusion? But basically what I'm trying to get at is this notion that there are two layers to this world. There's the actual, real reality <laughs> that many of us function in. And then there's a separate layer that's more superficial. It's more of a curated experience. And for that reason, we tend to confuse the two. And there are a lot of factors as to why we might confuse the two, why we think that an appearance is actually reality or reality is often confused with sort of these ideals or these versions of the world that we have in our head and basically how that causes a great deal of suffering <laughs> for us. Because essentially, if you think that the appearance of the world is the real world, then you will suffer because you'll be trying to compete with something that doesn't exist and it will always leave you feeling like you're not enough or that you're doing something wrong. And in fact, I would encourage you that if you are struggling with this feeling of I'm not doing enough, things aren't right, everything in my life is terrible, any of these feelings of inadequacy or imperfection, that you probably are struggling with appearances in some way. So my hope is that this episode will clarify for you these two versions of the world, the appearance of the world and then the actual world, and then also how you might go about clarifying the two for your own sanity, <laughs> for your own sanity so that they don't keep torturing you. And there are many levels. So there are people who create appearances, but there are also whole industries and whole aspects of the world that rely on appearances in order to meet their objectives. And the reason why it's so pervasive and it's so difficult to discern the truth or reality from appearances is because it is everywhere. So you really have to know what you're looking for in order to be able to discern the difference between what is real and what is curated for your experience. So on an individual level, which would probably be the easiest way to talk about it at first, is looking at how people create appearances in a variety of ways. They can either do this by their physical presentation, right, how they look, the body language they use. They make themselves look a certain way. There's also social media. So if you have any kind of online presence or you go online at all, you are likely familiar with this idea of a curated appearance. So maybe people have like an Instagram that looks a very specific way. They only post a certain kind of content. They always have their hair or makeup or clothes like perfect when they do these videos. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter that if we turned the camera around, suddenly, you know, the other half of their house would have been like a wreck. It only matters for the, you know, the short zone that they're filming that looks like perfectly curated for cottage core or whatever. <laughs> so that's very much this sort of curated experience. Because in the digital age, social media platforms, they definitely allow people to curate their lives, to create images and content that presents this very carefully crafted version of their lives and their world, which is very different than the reality for most people. And it's often because people only share these highlights, their accomplishments, their positive experiences, and they leave out those less flattering aspects of their lives. And because we're inundated with a lot of that curated version of life, we have this kind of false sense of what the world's really like. But really, we're only interacting with a very small subset of what the reality is. Other ways that people on an individual level can curate an appearance is through their material possessions. So if they own really nice cars or really nice homes or they have all the latest gadgets and technology, they're creating this appearance of wealth and status and personal style, even though personally they might really be struggling financially or they can't at all afford this kind of lifestyle that they're presenting to other people. It doesn't matter that they can't afford it. They just want you to believe that they can afford it, right? So that's definitely an appearance that they are putting on. There's also someone that I'm thinking of in particular, but I'm not going to call them out. But there are people who present appearances in their relationships. I know someone right now who they're actually really struggling in their marriage and they're having a lot of fights and they're kind of really struggling behind the scenes. But instead of showing that every photo of of her and her husband, they're all very smiley. They're very like laughing. Like it looks like they're doing really great. They're really strongly bonded. But that is not at all the reality, right? That's a curated version of her current reality of what she's really going through. It's not really particularly helpful to most people because they will see that and they'll think, oh, you know. <laughs> What is the hashtag forever alone or I feel so single or I saw one the other day that was like two cats that were cuddling and it was like the comments were all about how these cats were telling me I'm single in 40 languages, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so this idea that you see someone else's life and you think, oh, I should have that or oh, I want that, but it doesn't exist, right? So for that person, if there was someone who was looking at this person's social media and looking at this relationship with her husband and was like, oh, you know, that looks amazing. They look so close and so connected. I really wish I had that. But then you'd be longing for something that isn't real, right? Because the reality is, is that they're having a rough patch, which hopefully they'll work it out. But the reality is, is that they're having a rough patch and people don't like showing that version of their reality. They don't like showing how they struggle or how things aren't perfect. And so this sort of selective sharing, choosing what information to present about themselves, highlighting only certain aspects of their reality while downplaying and omitting these other things that are kind of less flattering, this contributes to this this facade, this sense of appearance, which is very different than actual reality, which is that it's very normal to have fights in a marriage or it's very normal to not agree all the time, but that's not what you're going to share on social media. And some of this is influenced by social norms and expectations. So people feel that they have to curate their life in a certain way because of the social expectations. So why does my friend feel like she has to always present a really happy marriage is because in the social construct, you know, that's what's acceptable is that you should always be happy. You should always be completely aligned with your person at all times. You can't ever disagree. 
to be completely, totally in love, 100%. She wouldn't feel that pressure if that wasn't the social norms. And the same for the material wealth and the possessions. People wouldn't feel like they had to get the biggest house or the nicest car if that wasn't already the social expectations. So it's not already something that people are necessarily constructing on a personal level. It is a larger expectation that creates this need to keep up appearances or to create appearances and to curate our lives accordingly, even though it doesn't align at all with reality. And there are whole industries that rely on this, like they specifically emphasize appearances, whether it's physical appearance based on products or the presentation of the individuals that they use, like the models or the overall image of the brand that they're trying to convey to consumers. So for example, just to make it a little bit more concrete, if you think about you know fashion or apparel, the fashion industry is definitely the most obvious example. It's very centered around looking beautiful, having really gorgeous clothes and accessories being, quote, really put together. Uh, knowing and expressing like a personal style, making statements, looking a certain way, right? That's how you, that's how they make money is to, <laughs> is to convince you that you need to look a certain way. And so they get you to buy certain things or invest in certain products so that you can fit that ideal. And adjacently, pretty close to that is beauty and cosmetic products. So beauty industry stuff like makeup and skincare and anything that kind of enhances or alters a person's physical appearance. And that is the same idea, like making yourself look a certain way that's acceptable or taking care of yourself and taking care of yourself in a certain way. And of course, there are other industries that rely on something similar. So I'm thinking of the entertainment industry or the media, for example, film stars, television stars, music stars, modeling. All of this relies on the physical appearance to a great extent. And the kind of people that they hire, for example, are really beautiful people generally. And so you see all these beautiful people up there on the screen and you get the sense that that's what most people look like. <laughs> you should all look like Brad Pitt or Margot Robbie or whatever. Like you should all be that beautiful. But the reality is, is that most people aren't that attractive. The standard baseline, what's actually like middle of the road is much below that. Like those people are the prettiest people that we have. And so they're up there making the rest of us look bad. And so it gives you this false sense of, oh, I should be prettier. Like I'm at the bottom of the pack, which in reality, maybe you're like in the top 10%. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just so used to looking at the top 1% that you think that you're this you no know, homely troll that lives under a rock or something. But it's not true. It's just that you are seeing this curated version of reality. You're seeing an appearance that's been constructed for you. And it's not accurate of the actual numbers or the actual reality that's around us. And in advertising, marketing, of course, all of this stuff is crafted in a way to elicit a certain response from us, to have us viewing things a certain way. And I can also think of maybe the hospitality or tourist industry, because if you're in tourism, you got to make a place look really beautiful. I actually saw a really funny meme <laughs> about this. This guy, it was like the first picture was like a person leaning over this you know, gorgeous balcony. You got the sense that it was a really posh luxury hotel, but then you zoom out a little bit and there's like a a graveyard right underneath so it's like you couldn't see the graveyard from the photos of the hotel itself I can't remember if it was a hotel or it was an Airbnb but this idea that you would be looking at again a curated version so you think that this is a really perfect posh beautiful hotel but it's right beside this <laughs> bunch of dead people 
definitely curated. So travel industry stuff, hospitality stuff, they also do the same thing in which they want you to think that a place is more beautiful or attractive than it is. Like no one leaves the homeless people in the images, for example, or no one leaves like the construction. Like my town right now, I'm sure they have a chamber of commerce who is preparing all the tourism stuff to get people to come to the city. None of those photos are going to have all the orange cones that are all over the place right now because Michigan has two seasons. We have winter and we have construction. (laughs) So there's a lot of construction in the summertime when the weather's pleasant enough for them to get out there and do the work. And I'm sure you can think of things from your own life that looks different in one respect, but the experience was quite different. So for example, I'm thinking of my wedding. My wedding was very beautiful. It was very nice. It was in a 1920s uh, mansion and we did a we did a themed wedding so that people could dress up like people from the 1920s and that was fun and so in all the photos it looks like we're all having a really great time which we did but the food was not great the caterer kind of really dropped the ball on the meal and stuff half the people they get served at a certain time and but you don't see any of that right so you would just look at the photos and be like oh you had the perfect wedding But it doesn't reflect this idea that, you know, half the night people were starving and the chicken was cold and, (laughs) you know, that there was these mishaps that also occurred with the night, right? And again, thinking about this curated version of reality versus actual reality. And so why am I emphasizing this aspect of becoming really clear on the fact that a lot of what we see is curated? It's not actual reality. The reason why I want to bring that to your attention is because most of us make decisions at one time or another based on the curated reality, and that has a lot of problems attached to it. One, it creates this feeling of never being enough, which I mentioned. It also creates this sense of like unachievability. So for example, if you wanted to look like somebody who was in the 1% of the pretty, who they don't even look like that. I believe it was Cindy Crawford who they were showing her pictures of herself in the magazine. And she's like, yeah, she's gorgeous. I don't even look like that. Talking about herself, right? So even the gorgeous person like Cindy Crawford doesn't look like how she's shown to us. And so if you're always striving to have a Cindy Crawford type body, for example, it's unachievable. And so you'll work really, really hard to try to get somewhere to reach a certain goal. And if it's not achievable, because no one even Cindy Crawford looks like that, you're just going to be left with this feeling of misery, of not being enough, of never being able to get somewhere. And this is true for any aspect. So it doesn't have to be just your physical appearance. It could be any aspect of your life. Maybe you feel like your job isn't where you want it to be, or maybe you feel like your your marriage or your relationship is not where it's supposed to be. It's not as great as your other friends' relationships. But have you actually talked to them about it? Like, how do you know that it's not just a curated version that they're showing you? And so are we comparing ourselves and our experience, our life experience, to a curated experience? Because if we are we're always going to feel like it's not enough and we're always going to feel like there's something wrong with us and that we're not ever achieving the standard. So if you can accept the fact that a lot of what you're encountering, whether it be social media or even in your own day-to-day life with other people that you know in the news, whatever it is, that you might be encountering a curated version of reality. So that's the first thing is to accept that you're seeing a curated reality, not actual reality. And so once you accept that you're being bombarded by these appearances, then you can start asking yourself, 
what appearances am I aligning myself with without realizing it? Like, which ones am I buying into? So, for example, do I feel like I need to look like Cindy Crawford or any of these other really famous, I'm blanking right now on models, <laughs> famous models. I'm sure there is one that's younger who is just not coming to me right now. But whomever you're thinking of, whatever actress or model is in the back of your mind right now, when I said insert famous person, whoever that is, like if you're aspiring to lose 20 pounds so you can look like them or you wish you could get your teeth fixed or you can, whatever it is, there's a million things. I'm buying into this notion that I should look like this. I think I should look like X person even though that's not feasible. So acknowledging that there's appearances and then the second step would be to figure out which appearances you align yourself with, whether it's looking a certain way, whether it's making a certain amount of money or having the certain kind of house or car, or maybe it's connected to your professional development in some way. So for example, still now to this day, I struggle with the appearance of what is a successful writer. Like, are they number one New York Times bestsellers? Do they have all of their books in hardback all over the world? There's these fake made-up criteria that I've given myself that's based off of this curated appearances of what a successful author looks like. And that's something that I have to be aware of and that I have to mitigate. And so it could be not just appearances or the things that you own. It could also be ambitions or ideas that you have about your relationships or your success at work. Whatever it is, just identify which ones that you're aligning yourself with. Like, yes, I really do believe that in the back of my mind. And you don't have to confess this to anyone. <laughs> just for you. You're just the person that needs to know what it is that you believe. So I need to be aware that I have some misconceptions around my career as an author, because if I don't remain aware of those illusions, then I'm always going to feel like I don't do enough, that I'm not achieving enough. And it's going to rob me of the joy and the present moment peace that I could be having right now if I did not align myself with those illusions, with that curated existence. Some of them you're going to believe more than others. Like, so for example, I don't particularly feel like I need to drive a Mercedes Benz in order to be a valid person. <laughs> like, that's just not something that I feel particularly aligned with but I do get hung up on some of this work stuff this achievement stuff and so it's going to be different for everyone there's going to be ones that you really are attached to and then work to consciously undo those attachments so that you can free yourself from those appearances and how do we do that one of the ways we do that is by acknowledging that it's not real that like even that person doesn't look the way you think they do <laughs> like if you met them in their pajamas on a Sunday morning with no makeup in their whatever, they would not look that way. You know, that glamour that you're so attracted to or that you find so beautiful, it, it doesn't exist. And so cutting through the illusions, realizing that you don't need to buy into it, you don't need to accept it as reality, that it's not in fact true, it's just fake, that it's just an illusion, starting to distance yourself from that belief will help you to align yourself more with your present reality. And when we're aligned with our present reality, we are happier, we're more content, we feel more joyful, because then we have the capacity to be grateful for where we are, for what we have. And that's more conducive to our long-term peace and happiness than chasing something that we're never going to be able to achieve. It's not real. And for a long time, my holdup was that I was convinced it was real. <laughs> so, and so it's like, that's why I was miserable, because I was like, no, it's, it's got to be real. And so if I could just keep chasing it, I can get this thing. And then it, it was very discouraging when no matter 
matter how hard I worked or no matter what I did or tried, etc., I couldn't get any closer to it. And so it might be a conscious effort on your part to stop believing that it's real, whatever these appearances are that are drawing you in, completely divorcing yourself from these notions of that they are real. Just don't give them any more validity. There are a lot of ways that you can do that. I can take these topics, these issues to your journal. You can work through it. You can do Tonglin meditation for the feelings that come up around it whenever you feel like you have to have something or it's not going to make you worthy. You can sit down with yourself and look at those emotions more closely, maybe figure out where they're coming from. And But definitely doing what you can to distance yourself from it, to reject these appearances, to move yourself away from it because it's just going to continue to rob you of your present moment joy because you can't get there if it doesn't exist, <laughs> if that place isn't real. So don't waste your life chasing something that you could never reach because it will rob you of all the beauty and the happiness and joy that you could be having right now. And that's it for today, dear humans. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. Of course, this is just a tiny primer, just a seed of an idea to get into your head that maybe the things out there that you're seeing are making you miserable and maybe you could find ways to stop believing in them. <laughs> but I do hope that this was an interesting idea that will give you more to think about, more ways for you to find your true goals, your true ambitions in life, and to start working towards that rather than a crafted facade that someone has sold to you. And if you would like to write into the show today, or if you have any questions, or you would like my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media. Or you can email me at cory at coryamshum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>